Today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, we'll learn the importance and power of walking with God. Today we want to look at this person that is very central to the story. His name is Noah. Noah had a godly ancestry. Noah's father walked with God. Noah's grandfather, Methuselah, walked with God. Noah's great-grandfather, Enoch, he walked with God. Hey, a godly family makes a difference. You know, as parents, our top priority needs to be the salvation of our kids. That needs to be on the top of your list of things you're praying for. Salvation of your family. Your kids coming into a, a real, genuine, personal, born-again experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, where today he'll continue a timely and eye-opening series entitled The Days of Noah. Well, Pastor, there's so much to learn from the days that Noah lived and that was represented in the movie which came out a number of years ago called Noah. So, Pastor, why are these days so important? The days of Noah are important, Larry, because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And what the world saw way back when, during the time of Noah, we're going to see again before the Lord returns. And so there's so much that we can learn by going back to Genesis and seeing what God has to say about that and compare it to our world today. Well, there are a lot of comparisons to make. And when people speak to the truth of God's Word today, many will think they are delusional. Most, if not all, people in Noah's day thought that he was crazy. But Noah held himself accountable to God's standard, not to people's standards. And today, the message brings that truth home. It's called A Man Called Noah. And it'll explain how Noah was able to live a godly life, even in the midst of very ungodly people. That hits pretty close to home, where we are today, doesn't it? Can you say that you're doing that? Open your Bible to the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis, and let's see what we face and how to stand firm by walking with God. Here's Pastor Jeff with the insightful lesson, A Man Called Noah. You know, we live in a world today where people don't know what the Bible says. They, they kind of have heard something here and heard something there and kind of piece it together. And so many preachers don't preach out of the Bible anymore. They, they kind of have top of the water little sermonettes for Christianettes. And uh, a good portion of people who call themselves Christians who come to church, they don't spend time in the Word of God. And see, that's how you can have a movie like the Noah movie that, that was recently made. You can have that go out and many can go see that. They don't know the story of Noah, so they don't know how off the Noah movie really is. As the director said, it's the least biblical of the biblical movies ever made. The least biblical. He's proud of that. 
Well, it's extremely unbiblical, the movie Noah. I haven't seen the movie Noah, but I've read enough about it to know how unbiblical it is. I love what Ken Ham, the leader of the Back to Genesis ministry, he said this about the movie. He, he didn't like it at all. And uh, he said, you know, to just put it in a nutshell, he said, the way the Noah movie starts is with these words, in the beginning, there was nothing. Now, if you know Genesis chapter one, verse one, you know the truth is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Noah movie never once uses the word God. How can you tell about a flood story without talking about God? Now, it did talk about the creator, but you know, the Bible doesn't refer to God in the book of Genesis at all as, as that title, the creator. It refers to him as Elohim, and then it adds Yahweh Elohim, the Lord God. And Yahweh is God's personal name, God's covenant name, God's special name, and that's how God refers to himself in the book of Genesis. Well, we in this series, The Days of Noah, we want to look and see what does the Bible really say about the days, about the man, and about the heart of God. You know, everybody uh, that knows anything uh, about uh, the book of Genesis, we know about Noah and there's an ark and there's a flood. And if you know anything about the story, even Hollywood couldn't miss that. There was a flood and the flood brought destruction. And so you can kind of read the story or hear the story and you think, man, that God of the Old Testament, he's a, he's a mean guy, you know, the creator of the Old Testament. He's, he's really mean because he, he brings destruction. God did bring destruction, but he did it with a heavy heart. The Lord was grieved in his heart. He was sorry. He exhaled deeply. He sighed when he saw the wickedness of man was so great upon the earth. God doesn't want to judge. He doesn't like to judge. God likes to save and redeem. That's the heart of God. But today we want to look at this person that is very central to the story. His name is Noah. If you are charting the years, uh, Noah comes on the scene in 1056. That's when Noah is born, the year 1056, 124 years after Adam died. Noah's dad was almost 60 years old when Adam died. Noah's dad could have known Adam. We think, you know, because we've been uh, conditioned by the evolutionary thought that the earth is, you know, billions and billions of years old and the mankind, you know, evolved and all that stuff. According to the Bible, the flood came 1656 years into this thing called civilization, into this creation story. And Noah was born at year 1056. And as some Bible commentators to try and figure out how many people were on the earth at that time, uh, they've done some exponential math and they said, well, it could have been as high as 7 billion people on the earth, maybe even more. Well, when I first heard that, uh, as maybe you did, I thought, that can't be right. I mean, just in my mind, when I read uh, the story of Noah, I'm not thinking in terms of billions of people. But you know what's interesting? In 1850, you can do a little research and find this out, I'm not making it up. In 1850, the world's population was 1.2 billion. In 1955, 105 years later, the world's population was 2.5 billion. 
In 1980, the world's population was 4.5 billion. And today, in 2014, the population is 7 billion. You see how fast it can go? Now you go back into the time of Noah when people are living to be 700, 800, 900 years old, and there's no birth control. Can you imagine? And the Lord looks out at the earth in Genesis 6, and it's rotten, and it's corrupt, and every intent of the thoughts of man's heart is only evil continually, and the Lord is sorry that he made man on the earth, and he's grieved in his heart. And then he says, I'm going to destroy man off the face of the earth because man is irredeemable. Uh, man has gotten together with the demons. And so the, the whole human race is being polluted. And then God sees one man, one man. His name was Noah. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah's dad was a man named Lamech. And it says in Genesis chapter 5, that Lamech lived 182 years and became the father of a son. Now he called his name Noah, saying, This one shall give us rest from our work and from the toil of our hands arising from the ground, which the Lord has cursed. He called his name Noah, a man called Noah. I want you to see with me three key lessons from the life of Noah. Lesson number one, a godly family makes a great difference. And it's really interesting to remember this. God creates, remember, the flood comes at year 1656. And in Genesis, when God says that he's going to destroy the world, but he's going to give man 120 years, so you take 1656 and you subtract 120 years and you get 1536. So when you start Genesis chapter 6, it's year 1536. And so you have just a few chapters from Genesis, the beginning, until Genesis chapter 6. It covers a long period of time, a long period of time. And so sometimes we can get confused with the book of Genesis. You know, when we compare it to the New Testament, the whole New Testament only covers inside of 100 years. The Old Testament, here you have just six chapters and it's already covering 1,500 plus years, 1,600 years. So, so it's a long time. So everything that's mentioned in Genesis, especially chapter four and chapter five, it's important because God is picking that out. It's illustrative and it's meaningful. And we read about sons, Cain and Abel, and Cain kills Abel in Genesis chapter four. And we don't read about other kids, although we know that Adam and Eve had other sons and daughters. Cain ends up marrying his sister, because who else would you marry? They're only, it's only Adam and Eve and all that they produce. And then the world goes on from there. And so then you read about a guy named Seth. Seth was another son that came to Adam and Eve, and Seth took the place of Abel. Abel was a godly man. Cain was a wicked man, and Cain's descendants were wicked. But now here comes Seth, and Seth has a son, and his name is Enosh. And then the scripture says this, and then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. And so it's through the line of Seth you have a godly line. And the scripture in Genesis chapter 5 talks about the descendants of Adam, the descendants of Seth, and it goes along, and you're reading about these guys, and then all of a sudden you hit a name, Enoch, Enoch was 65 years old when he had a son. 
And he named his son Methuselah. Interesting, interesting. Methuselah. It's a compound name. It's a, it's a several Greek or Hebrew words that go into that name. And Bible scholars have told us that the name Methuselah means it shall be sent when he is dead. What shall be sent? Judgment. Judgment shall be sent. And somehow God was communicating to Enoch when this son Methuselah was born that he was going to destroy the world. And the scripture says that for 300 years, Enoch walked with God after he became the father of Methuselah, who was 65 years old when he had Methuselah. And for 300 years, he walked with God and he was not because God took him and God took him up to heaven. I believe Enoch is a picture of the rapture where God just took him. He didn't die. But his son, Methuselah, had a son named Lamech. And Lamech had a son when he was 182. Can you imagine? You're 182 and you have a, hey, it's a boy. And he did. And his boy's name was Noah. Noah had a godly ancestry. Noah's father walked with God. Noah's grandfather, Methuselah, walked with God. Noah's great-grandfather, Enoch, he walked with God and he was not because God took him. Hey, a godly family makes a difference. Of all the seven billion people on the earth, God only saw one kid that came from a godly line, Noah, who found favor, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, I was thinking about the impact and the importance of having a godly family. And I want to speak to the parents and grandparents here especially. You know, as parents, our top priority needs to be the salvation of our kids. That needs to be on the top of your list of things you're praying for. Salvation of your family. The, the, your, your kids coming into a, a real, genuine, personal, born-again experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, are you praying like that? You're praying for your kids like that, your kids that, especially you parents that have little kids that haven't made a decision yet. Maybe some of you older parents that have children that are wayward and you're not sure if they've ever come to know Christ. Make that a priority, top priority. And as parents, you need to remember our most effective witness is a godly example. Your little kids are watching you. And so it's, it's mom and dad who have the influence on their kids. You need to be an example. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, faith, love, and purity, be an example to those who believe. Alistair Begg, the preacher in Ohio, I heard him in a sermon once say this. He was talking about how moms and dads aren't the example that they need to be. He said, with our lips, we tell of heaven, and with our lives, we lead our children to hell. Because we're, we're two different people. We, we talk out of both sides of our mouth. We, we have a big, you know, talk a big game on Sunday, but then we go home with our kids and they see us uh, the way we really are and they say, well, that doesn't match up at all. I mean, mom, dad, you're, you're not anything like you present yourself at church with, in speech, in conduct, in faith, in love, in purity. You don't have those things uh, at home like you do at church, and it's a dichotomy, and the kids don't understand it. Example is critical. Albert Schweitzer said this. 
Example is not the main thing in influencing others. It's the only thing. Example, Enoch was a sermon to Methuselah. Methuselah was a sermon to Lamech. Lamech was a sermon to Noah, and Noah became a sermon to his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Listen, Christianity is as much caught as it is taught. So don't ever underestimate the power of a godly family. This Noah wasn't in the lineage of Cain. He came through the lineage of Seth. You say, well, Jeff, I didn't, I didn't have faith in my background, my family tree. We don't have it. Well, then start it. You start it. You start a godly family. You start teaching uh, godliness in your home. You start modeling that for your children. You need to make Sunday morning a foundation stone in your home. Let your kids know that, hey, on Sundays, we're going to church. Dad's not waking up on Sunday morning and he's trying to figure out which way the wind is blowing to figure out if we're going to Sunday school and church. We're going to be there. It's just part of the deal. And you set that up for your kids so they know, hey, it's just like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we're going in the direction of the Lord. Did you notice uh, when God talks about the line, he never mentions women? Men, 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 men. Why? Because a man makes a huge difference, huge difference in the home. So that's one of the first lessons we learn from Noah. A godly family makes a great difference. Lesson number two, God extends grace in the midst of pending judgment. Look at Genesis chapter six and verse five. You know, the Genesis 1 through 4, 6, 1 through 4, tells us about how the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. And we talked about the Nephilim and, and how the, the devil was involved, the fallen angels were involved in corrupting the people. And then it says in verse 5, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals, to creeping things, and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor, found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Although the world is so wicked, and God looks out and he says it's corrupt, like, like rotten meat. That word corrupt means to spoil. It's, it's, have you ever gotten a whiff of, of rotten meat? Uh, have you ever had the unfortunate, terrible experience of your deep freeze going out when you're on vacation and you come home and it's filled with rotten meat and you can't handle the smell? It's so awful. Well, that's what God saw. And the earth had become corrupt and it was like rotten meat and it stunk to high heaven. And there's one guy that finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, God, in the midst of the wickedness, God was extending his grace. He was extending his grace, and no one responded to his grace except Noah. That's amazing, but that shows the heart 
of God. See, don't get the idea when you read the story of Noah and you read the story of the flood that God just some, he just had a bad day one day and he looked down and he said, I don't like the people anymore and so I'm gonna destroy them. You know, I mean, people have this idea of God that he's just uh, some despot sitting on a throne somewhere and he's got a scowl on his face and he's got a, a, a big billy club in one hand and a bag of thunderbolts in the other hand and the eyes of the Lord move to and fro that he might find somebody that's having fun and he's gonna smash you like you'd flood a, a swat a fly. That's not God at all. God doesn't want to judge. That's why he was grieved in his heart. That's why he sighed. That's why <sighs> there is no other option except to bring destruction. And he is extending grace and no one is responding to God and no one is responding to his grace except Noah. Noah found favor, it says in the New American Standard, but the word for favor is grace. And the King James says that. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now to find grace, the word found means to come forth to, to take hold on, to meet with. Noah met with God's grace. Now you mark this down. Grace is the only way anyone can come to God. The only way anyone can come to God is by grace. We're saved, Ephesians chapter two, verse five, for by grace are you saved. It's grace. You'll never get anywhere with God without grace. And grace cannot be earned or deserved. That's the thing about grace. Can't earn it, can't deserve it. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. It's unmerited, so it can't be earned. And it's not deserved. You know, you and I don't deserve grace. We deserve hell. We deserve judgment. We're all sinners. Noah was a sinner before God. Noah deserved to get wiped out with everybody else. The soul that sins, the Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 18, the soul that sins shall surely die. The wages of sin is death. And we're all sinners before the Lord. And if it were not for grace, nobody could come to the Lord. But God, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, he's the God of all grace. The God of all grace. And the scripture says we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God has grace. And Noah found grace. He met up with God's grace, and he received God's grace. It can't be earned or deserved. As you may know, From His Heart began now over 17 years ago with a desire to reach out to lost and hurting people around the world with the good news of Jesus Christ, and God has blessed this ministry. I trust that these programs that you're hearing each day here will impress upon your heart how effective the ministry is becoming and how valuable it is when God's people partner together to reach a big world that has a big problem. The good news is we have a big God who wants to use us to make a big impact for the kingdom. As you consider where you invest to have the greatest impact on people for Christ, we ask that you ask God what He would have you to do to help from His heart this month, and then be faithful to the impression the Holy Spirit makes on your heart. For your gift this month, we have two timely resources for you. The first is Pastor Jeff's insightful booklet for God's people called Strong Faith for Tough Times, When the Impossible Meets God. Plus, we'll send you Pastor Jeff's seven-message series, 
the days of Noah. You can get both of these for your gift of any amount this month to From His Heart. The series is available in the format of your choice. Just call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or go online to fromhisheart.org. And thank you for joining with us to have a great impact on the world that's gone wicked. Again, go to fromhisheart.org or call 866-40-BIBLE. Well, that's all of our time for today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Larry Nobles, encouraging you to be here on Monday, when again, Pastor Jeff Shreve will open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from God's heart. Here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.